Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It is Monday, which apparently means it's time for the Front 3 Q&A podcast with me, Adam Bolt, with the one and only Lawrence McKenna. Stat King, Dave O'Brien is here as well. Guys, it's a special Q&A podcast because Leicester City are the Premier League champions against all the odds. They've done it. We didn't want to do a Saturday podcast, a Sunday podcast, Monday podcast because we wanted to talk to you after the title had been decided. Of course, it could have been uh, on Sunday against Manchester United. It turns out it was last night, Lawrence, Tottenham versus Chelsea, which ended up deciding the title race. You were there in Leicester covering the game for the Repu- Football Republic, first off. Yeah. How was the atmosphere there? Night. Incredible. What a night. It was really weird because obviously um, a lot of people were sort of considering the different scenarios that could have been. So did they, you know, almost want to win it themselves in inverted commas? You know, yeah. it's a marathon, not a sprint. But did they want to do it with the sprinting over the line themselves? Or did they sort of want to watch someone else trip up their nearest title challenges? Um, and it sort of led to a really weird atmosphere during the game because it wasn't that people were sort of against Spurs, but it was more that they were just kind of for Chelsea. And then as things got more and more fraught, and you know we were on the street with all the pubs so we could sort of see what was going on in each pub and as Spurs sort of got further and further ahead it got more and more like angsty and people were suddenly like you know when all the fights began to break out Pochettino's trying to break people up Mm -hmm. people are starting to boo Spurs and they're like it's outrageous Chelsea come on Chelsea and suddenly you're sort of like wait a minute you'll support the the only time ever you're going to support Chelsea in your your life and uh, and they were sort of like, oh, that's outrageous, Carbon, send him off. Like it was, a, it became a bit of a pantomime. And sort of by full time, there was just this great relief that Chelsea had come back. And yeah, I, it was incredible. Like on the streets and outside the stadium, I'd never seen anything like it. And you know, anyone who's been to Leicester knows there's like a very mixed population there. You know, there's a lot of people um, from around the. I think it's the Indian area. I don't, I don't, you know, like the, you know, India. A lot of people saying they're from India. Some people saying they're from Pakistan. Some people saying that sort of area. Um, and a lot of sort of international students. And so I've never seen that in England before. So many people beeping their horns in one place. <laughs> it was. It was just what they'd done is almost like backlogged on the streets, and there were just when we were trying to get from the street. To the stadium there were just people sitting in a traffic jam just beeping their horn <laughs> and like you know oh, yeah. and i don't mean just like one guy i mean every car and you know there's a lot of like young kids out there a lot of mercedes out on the street people with their their sunroofs open like people just sitting yeah. standing police couldn't do anything there was a man on top of a van with a cowbell and the police <laughs> down and he was like yeah, pretending to get down and then the police and then he'd be like wait i'm not getting down <laughs> and then it was just like, everyone was atmosphere. loving it and then, obviously, there's everything to do with the game as well. Is that you know, uh, it was a marathon. It wasn't just mm. this match. But 
yeah, you know, Leicester fans were, they're interesting champions, you know, because one minute they, they were like, oh, no, you know, we won't win it, we won't win it. Uh, you know, it's still very open. The next minute they're like, you fucking bottled it, Spurs. You guys, <laughs> you guys let it go. You let you, uh, there was something about a 2 0 lead chance somewhere in the Snapchat story we had. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was, you know, I felt a little bit sorry for Spurs um, because, you know, that, you know, like Dave said on a previous podcast, Dave, they have been sort of better. Uh, team statistically mm. this season, but it's the results yeah. on the pitch which matter. Um, I think, and it, it makes it amazing. It's big, isn't it? It's sort of like Spurs are just haven't can't hold leads. Leicester City are the best this season for holding leads. You know, I think it's seven one on ones they've one on one. Sorry, one nils that they've won in the Premier League. You know, compare that to the league average of champions. I think that's around five. So it's two more there. But recently, we just saw them get really compact, defend well, and it's something that Spurs lack with a two goal lead. What are you doing? You know, the, the, the style of play that Pochettino brings is, is excellent, but you need that um, ability to switch between styles. And I think that's what Pochettino may, may need to work on, the ability to sit back and hit people on the counter-attack when you have a lead. I think that's what they didn't do. It was a bit of naivety with the players, and then obviously we saw a lot of rash tackles flying in there, but they'd already lost the game then. And that was sort of the players knew that they'd already lost. Now, Harry Kane putting a big tackle in, Eric Dyer, I don't even know how he wasn't sent off, but it just they needed to get compact. 4-4-1-1, sit there, hit them on the counter-attack and they would have won that game, but they didn't do that. The interesting stat, I mean, which speaks to what you, you say there, is that Leicester have dropped 10 points from winning positions so far this season. Spurs have dropped 17, which is quite mm. literally the difference between the two teams. But as you say, there, ha there have been a few cases where uh, Spurs have failed to hang on to the lead. I mean, they've drawn 13 games in the Premier League, which is obviously uh, the, the, the second most in the entire league. So I think there is this inability to kill off games, really. Uh, there was a few chances for Spurs as well to make it 3-0 or maybe even 3-1 at one point, which they failed mm. to take. Um, but, you know... As a, Adam, there was still a sense of inevitability about it, though. I just seemed more like, like, I never like thought, um, sort of prolonging the inevitable yeah. rather than sort of, you know, an overall challenge. I think that the title race was over before last night. It still would have been nice to, to beat Chelsea, of course, at Stamford Bridge, but I don't think last night was a night where the league was lost. Uh, where it was won, though, Dave, it's been an absolutely incredible season, of course, for Leicester. And all the talk now is going to be about how they won the title. Um, uh, it seems like a perfect storm, in many ways, for, for Leicester, in that the big teams were underperforming almost an unprecedented amount of losses for these teams. I'm talking Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea, of course. But as well as that, the combination of Ranieri coming in, his management style, the unity in that squad, it's all just come together in the absolute perfect way for this team. I think the unity is the biggest thing there, you know, fighting as a team, pressing together, being just, you know, really caring about each other. I think that Nigel Pearson needs a bit of credit because at the start of the season, the form that they, the Leicester City, Leicester City sorry, showed. <laughs> All right, definitely not she, mate. <laughs> um, the, the form that Leicester City showed at the start of the season was down to Pearson. It was that style, the yeah. style that he worked on towards the end of the season where they were playing that 3-4-3. Three, three, um, they fought out of relegation and they continued that momentum. I think what Claudio Ranieri needs to get praise for is he's, this end of the season. I think he's, you know, if Pearson potentially had stayed, he could have got uh, Leicester City uh, sort of top of the league or up near there at the start of the year, say, you know, you're going to hit maybe November and they're still going to be up there because it was that momentum was continued. Ranieri should get credit for, for improving that defensive stability and really teaching Leicester City how to defend tactically and, and not um, not sort of expose themselves in either the transition from attack to defence or the transition from defence to attack. That's what Leicester City do really well. Those central midfielders just mm. cover their fullbacks if there's any space and that's what, they've done that all season and I think that's, Something that Ranieri can definitely be given praise for as well. The form of Jamie, Jamie Vardy, you'd say, 
probably more down to Ranieri than Pearson. You know, Pearson had him in, in the championship, Pearson had him in the league, but when you know playing under Ranieri, you know, he's really sort of exploded and become a, a real top-class striker. And then obviously Riyad Mahrez, who will be going in the summer, in my opinion, um, has been really good. Danny Drinkwater and Conte, you know, that was a midfield that Ranieri stumbled upon mm. um, and stuck with it. And it had the, per- you know, it's got the perfect balance between a playmaker slash box-to-box midfielder with uh, just an all-round destroyer, someone that can shuttle, close the space down. So there's a lot of great balance in this team. You know, players like Mark, Mark Albright and Ranieri's use of Jeff uh, Slop after Vardy's gone off. You know, to add some extra pace into that yeah. side. It's just a, you know, it's a complete masterclass for everything that Ranieri did. It seemed to have just worked this season. Um, and you know he's, he was called the Tinker Man before. You know there's moments that in the 2004 uh, Champions League where he got absolutely hammered for um, kind of like making the wrong decisions in the, I think it was the first leg in a semi final against Monaco where Monaco went down to ten men and Ranieri um, brought on too many central players. He brought on Sebastian Veron, central midfielder, really closed the space down. When you, you know when you go when you're playing against ten men, you need to be more expansive. You need to stretch them. Uh, horizontally across the pitch, and then the space will open up in the middle. But mm. hammered for that. But then every single thing that he's touched this season has turned to gold. And credit to Ranieri in a way that he maybe should maybe maybe should retire now because he's yeah, done this it. Is this is the peak. It. Isn't you know, it? This is his peak. I think Go that, out on the top. That is a really he interesting says he can point. Still make the team better. Interestingly, yeah, I, I think the interesting thing you point out there, Dave, is almost people's perception of not just Ranieri but also the players on these on this team that people had something to prove I mean when Ranieri was appointed mm. everyone wrote him off said he was going to be a failure as the favourite to get sacked uh, but he's confounded as you say that that reputation as the tinker man he's managed to play eight players have started 85% uh, of Leicester's games and as well as that I mean you mentioned the unity there where they've brought those players together Jamie Vardy of course who's come from, come from non-league Riyad Mahrez who you know when he was younger was written off you've got Kasper Schmeichel who's sort of in the, in the shadow of his father in many ways all these players had something to Tooth, prove Morgan yeah it's absolutely incredible but uh, there was a story today of how you know Riyad Mahrez was talking about how these players are like brothers so when Jamie Vardy was on his scoring streak. He was on the seventh goal. He, he wanted to take a penalty to, to maintain his run. Riyad Mahrez, the designated penalty taker, was going to take it, but he stepped aside and said, you know what, I'll, I'll let Vardy carry on that run. And I think that speaks to the unity these players have and just the desire to prove everyone wrong, essentially. I do I do also sort of think, though, it's, it's important to avoid sort of cliches with this side because, you know, as much as we people want to talk about the fairy tale initially, um, and that is that is lovely, and there are some really good storylines in there, and some really good morals. But at the same time, um, let's go down the route of uh, statistically. There are a lot mm. of statistics which show that this team, and I don't know if you've got them to hand, Dave, but that this team at times uh, very much overachieved and outshot other sides in the league. Now that's you know that's that uh, I'm not criticising that. If you can achieve that, then you've done it. Great. But let's not pretend that that's some sort of long-term sustainable thing because I've been told and been shown a few things where statistically this side were almost above average for what you'd expect from this team um, and what you'd expect from most teams. Even you know other champions sort of don't outperform other people within the league that much. And it is within a field which, you know, like I'm, I'm sure we've already covered, is, is kind of underachieved. But it doesn't take away from their achievement this season. It just sort of, it's, it's, a, it's sort of a caveat in a, very wide story. Mm. I think what you'll find with this side that you know they are counter-attacking side. You know, they've had an average of forty-seven percent possession across the season. They've only managed over fifty in the Premier League on five occasions, which is pretty incredible for a champion. You know, and that's something that, like you're saying, Lawrence, you can't you know to, can, to keep the longevity of this side. They'll have to cope next season with having more of the ball. They'll have to have 
put uh, you know over 50% possession in more games because teams aren't going to be as open against them. We saw at the start of the season when Leicester City were really smashing teams. Teams were coming out and trying to play against them. You know, like the the four two against Sunderland. Yeah, you know the three two against Aston Villa. You know, these are big big games against teams around the mm. bottom where they've nicked a goal that have won them the game. And it's quite interesting. You know, the Arsenal game where they got beat five two again. They just played their own style and went for it. It's, it's not to say that they won't be able to achieve that, though, is it? It's just, no, no, but it, no one's putting them down, but it is it is that it is difficult to transition out of that. And essentially, this is very similar to that Moneyball story almost, where they collected a load of players together who maybe at other clubs were underappreciated, or other sides were underappreciated, mm. and sort of made that work. But you have to play into that model in the long term, and that means a different system, and it maybe doesn't mean the same longevity that you know an Arsenal or a Manchester United or a Chelsea are looking to build. I think what we can we can look at sides, you know, compare sides around Europe over the last few seasons. The big one that is exactly the same as this is Jurgen Klopp's Borussia Dortmund. When they came onto the scene, they played in a very aggressive, similar style where they counterattacked a lot, and that's where they scored a lot of their goals. They had a lot of workers in the team, and then when they had to transition to that, worked for two seasons. They won the league back to back, but when they had to sort of bring in players to break a, a low block that they've been playing themselves, you know, and it been so successful. That's where they started to. You know, drop points, and obviously Bayern Munich came back with their, you know, uh, under Heckens. They Heckens, sorry, what's his fella's name? Yep, Heckens. Yeah, it is Heckens, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, obviously he came back into the league and played, basically played the Dortmund system against Dortmund, and then you know eventually broke team. You know, they smashed Dortmund and beat them again, regained the title, won the treble. But the interesting part there is players like Marco Royce that um, were sort of brought in to break these low blocks potentially didn't have the same work rate as the players before that you need to win the league if you kind of get where I'm going there. So with, when Leicester City do transition, I think next season they'll do fine. I think next season they'll do quite well because teams will still, you know, they'll still be maybe treating Leicester as the underdogs in a way, even though they're not. They've shown that they are the, the dogs of the league, you'd say, the real champions. Um, and the overdogs. The overdogs, you'd say, yeah. But so it's going to be. I think that Leicester City needs some um, an attacking midfielder that can hold the ball and break teams down when they need to. I think potentially their centre backs. Obviously, they've been excellent this season, but you know teams will look will, will learn how to hit them on the counter attack, and those two fellas don't really have the pace or the the sort of uh, maybe nous to get back in certain situations. So there's going to be some holes that Leicester City really need to deal with. I think Mares is going to be the biggest hole. Because, you know, from all reports, he's, he's been really offered good. around by his agent. So it seems that's like going to be a massive, massive, you know, blow to Leicester City. But they are, like you said, they are this family, this team. And I think that was a similar with Borussia Dortmund. When one player left, it broke the team. And then slowly over the years, you saw Dortmund just be completely unravelled. And I feel that that's going to happen to Leicester City. Always when there's this side, you know, a side that really overachieves, they just get picked apart by the big boys. Mm. And unfortunately, that is capitalism. I think maybe that's the, the, the factor. <laughs> that's very I mean, good, Dave. To go pretty back to the statistical aspect of it. You don't hear me doing stats, you don't hear me doing statistics, all right? Stick in your box. You're talking about their, <laughs> their conversion rate. Apparently it's 14%, and of course Dave mentions there about the, the lack of possession. It does seem like maybe that way of playing won't be sustainable. Maybe next season, especially with the Champions League coming in, they might have to adapt. But, I mean, do you really think this squad is going to fall apart, Lawrence? I mean... Dave there talks about uh, Mares potentially going. We've heard Kante's got a £20 million release clause. So, uh, so clubs like Chelsea and Arsenal are circling. But do you not think there'll be at least one season where Ranieri will be able to keep this team together? They're champions now. They've qualified for the Champions League. Are they really I mean, going to get think, picked I apart by the keep, big boys? I think a realistic side of it would be to say, look, if, if we want to keep all of these players, 
Um, we have to, we they do have the money. They have the, obviously the money is within the league. They they aren't sort of obliged to sell because mm-hmm. of the way that King Powers managed their finances and rebuilt the club, uh, and also obviously keeping them in the league. Uh, that was actually one of my favourite chances last night. Was we're, we're staying up. Yeah. Um, and uh, but uh, you know, so they're almost not obliged to sell. But that, what that does is it, it doesn't mean that they won't sell. Because, you know, uh, you'd be stupid not to field offers for someone um, like Kante or someone like um, Mares. Because at the same time, I imagine that the club are looking at those statistics internally. And, you know, they, as much as people speak about, you know, Ranieri going on heart and going to his mother and sort of going, you know, uh, Damien Duff's injured, what do I do? And she's sort of like, oh, go with this. You're sort of like, well, actually, you'd be stupid not to field offers. Because they will be just as aware that they feel like they've overachieved this season. They'll be just as aware that they want to keep building on this project. And they'll be very aware about things like financial fair play and balancing the books. So if you can sell a player like Mares for 65 or you can play, sell someone like Kante for 70 or something like that, it makes financial sense. And at the same time, I think it makes sense to rotate the squad in some way. Don't try and keep everyone. You can try that if you want. But at the same time, I don't think it's the disaster that everyone would paint it as if Amares was to leave or Kante would go. They do have good scouts. On a counterpoint to that, that's kind of what happened to Liverpool when they lost Suarez. Gareth Bale, when he left Tottenham, similar thing happened. When people know, obviously it's a market, it's a free market. When people know that you have capital they're going to charge you more. So you're not going to get as much quality for your money. And I feel that will be the issue that, you know, we saw with Dortmund, the scouting that they had uh, arguably is 20 times better than what Leicester City have. You know, those players that they brought in, you know, Lewandowski, the best striker in world football, picked up from what let Poznan in, in Poland. And that is the issue that, especially with the Premier League, with the competitive, competitiveness of the Premier League and with the managers coming in, they're going to be throwing buckets of cash at uh, world class, world class, you know, quotation mark, world class players. There isn't actually that many world class players, but you know what I mean. Like players that are perceived to be world class. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, they're in world class form for X amount of time. But it'd be interesting to see like Leicester competing with them because I don't imagine Leicester are going to be able to compete with the wages. Leicester isn't in London, which is a big thing for some foreign players. Like for mm. example, Alexis Sanchez had that issue, which is for me crazy. Liverpool would have suited him down to a team. Was stupid not to move there, um, but. It's just one of those things where Leicester are going to have to work really, really hard. And it's going to be to find Mares, Kante, Jamie Vardy, three players that have pretty much, if you take those, any one of those three components out of this Leicester City side, I feel that they break. And I, I those three players go. Were, all, were all bought on a, with a small budget for cheap yeah. and they can't yeah. do that again. They can't do that three times. That's a good point, but they can compete in a market and they can still get players for a reasonable price. And, and I also think the mistake that sometimes we make from the outside is believing that you want to go like for like and that Ranieri is only really able to do, say, one style of football. What Ranieri did was he, you know, he was brought in after some of these players were bought. He assessed what strengths he had within the team and built that side. And that was partly down to what Ranieri had been doing for years. And so things clicked. I don't think they're saying, you know, let's go and win the league again next season. They're not going to be defending champions or at least it's apparently. It's going to be very unrealistic to say that they're going to do that. And it would also be almost overstretching the team to say, go out and win it again. Because, yeah, again, I think behind the scenes, they're, they're more realistic than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I can still see them getting players that are reasonable. Um, and, you know, there, there will be now an attraction to play under uh, Ranieri. But then at the same time, you would say the problem for them is, like Dave says, you're competing against Liverpool, uh, Man City, uh, those, those know, teams Arsenal, are going to be better Chelsea. next year. Aren't they? All those these teams, teams will are be massive rebuilding benders. Benders. Mm. Um, <laughs> That's a really good way to describe it's it. Massive, <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a bender, a bender, or whatever you want to call it. Um, because it is. Yeah, all of these teams are rebuilding next season, and you've mm. got to admit, you know, if you're going to look at Liverpool and say, what's their long-term goal here under Jurgen Klopp? 
um, you'd much rather maybe work under Klopp than Ranieri where you feel you're going to finish 10th. Right. Um, uh, yeah, again, but that's not disparaging. It's about, it's about sort of giving it context. They mm. might finish in the top four next season, but the likelihood of it, you've got to say, much lower. It is mm. going to be fascinating to see how they perform. I mean, German Cheekers writes in uh, the first question, how will Leicester perform in Europe, Dave? Obviously, they're going to be top seeds next season in the Champions League. <laughs> That's so funny. That's, so, that's like the best bit about it. <laughs> that, is top seed. that is so good. It's excellent. You've been it's seeing funny. that for a while, haven't you, Dave? Because, Dave, you've been saying... You, I mean, ages ago, you identified that this formation and the way that they play, which, you know, is similar to a couple of other sides in Europe, will get them further in the Champions League. Yeah, I think that's what... For next season, Ranieri has come out this morning and said they want to be 10th. I think that's like quite a good goal because... You want to Leicester City want to compete in the Champions League. I think that's what they're you know they need to do that because yeah. because this the long the the sort of lifespan of this side isn't that long. Why not try and go next season and go and try and win the Champions? Imagine that story: Oof. Premier League, Champions League. That would be insane. I think they've got the they've got the right capabilities to do that. We see Atletico Madrid probably being favourites this season that are playing that counter-attacking style with a 4-4-2, very different to Leicester City's 4-4-2 in that they play four central midfielders and they block the. They block the space a little bit different to Leicester, how Leicester City do, you know. But it's just like the the pace that they have on the counter attack could be absolutely ruthless, you know. Jamie Vardy, he's just a quick lad. He's a quick lad that can finish, and that is, you know, Europe. We haven't seen that in Europe for a while. A player that has really, really, really has like loads of pace, absolute flying. Players like Damari Gray, if Mares goes as well, you know, a very talented English player that could potentially perform up to near Mares' level if he's given the opportunity. He's very good at um, at Birmingham City, but I do feel that they have got a side that is geared to win the Champions League next season. Get your cash on it uh, right now. Everything LOFC says, who can they realistically sign in the summer? Um, Francesco Totti is apparently out of the question. Mm. Which would be very yeah, interesting. I think, I think Totti would be a bit silly, to be quite honest. Obviously, mm. coming to the end of his career, he's hit a, hit a brilliant patch of form. The last three games, he's been absolutely awesome. But, um, you know, at Leicester City, where they could look, I think they've got to look in the Championship, see if they can pick up any players there. Um, I think they've got to go back to France because obviously they've got a great knowledge uh, of, of players over there. You know, maybe pick up some players from Nice because they've been massively over overperforming of their, um, you know, in their position. Obviously, Ben Arthur's leading that, but then there's players like Mendy, uh, defensive midfielder, that could potentially could cover um, Kante if he does leave. Ibrahimovic. It's just going to be difficult. Ibrahimovic, yeah. He wants to it's obviously also also what you want to say is you know if your if your players are leaving and they're going to a big club, you can also put into that deal. Why don't you loan us a player? So mm-hmm. you know they could get a. I mean, Kadir has been in great form this season, but Kadir was the first name that sort of came to mind. Someone of that ilk uh, on a loan for a season uh, mm-hmm. because you know there 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 is a surplus of players at a lot of other clubs right now. Varan Joshi says, aren't Leicester an inspiration for an Academy Award-winning movie? It's incredible. Every moment I think about it. That's a good point. Wow. Apparently they're making um, a Jamie Vardy movie. That's in, uh, that's in production. Vinnie Jones and Nigel Pearson. Low budget, low budget. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, sure. What, what, would, what would you call it? Would you call it... Sh- I mean, I'm uh, sure that the diddly, Jamie Vardy movie diddly is going to be... Diddly ding, diddly dong. Is that what you call it? Diddly ding, diddly dong. Yeah. Surely you call it just dong or diddly or yeah. diddly dong. Or maybe... Um, right. Would you call it chat shit get banged? Uh, That'd be a great yes. name for a film. <laughs> yes. That's a perfect name. Absolutely. <laughs> 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Perfect. Um, uh, uh, the Fantastic Foxes. Yeah. Oh, man, Fantastic Mr. The impo- the, Fantastic. What about like a really Oscar bait uh, title like The Impossible Dream or something, you know, yeah. just to, to, get the Academy, uh, to get the Academy going. Um, here's a question from Matthew Vitellio. Or Vitiello, is this the worst player by a, is this the worst player by a player team to win the Premier League? No, harsh, I'd say. Um, you've probably seen in terms of well, in terms of yeah, is it it Blackburn? Actually, actually Blackburn were a pretty quality side. Actually, I mean, you got you know you got Tim Sherwood in there, you got uh, Alan Shearer, Um, Saturn. Uh, Chris Sutton. In uh, terms of individual quality, goal. this may be uh, have the least, but I don't mean that in a disparaging way. If you know what I mean, they've shown that you know even without individual. Well, they've got the individual brilliance of Mahrez, of course, and Vardy. Um, I think if you compare. I mean, that it, you know, this isn't a side of all-time greats. You know, I mean, you're not looking course. there and going bloody hell, the class ninety-two. But um, it, at the same time, it doesn't take away from their quality. Mm. I, you know, they sit within. Obviously, they sit within the pantheon of champions now, and. That's massive. That, uh, I mean, I mean, I don't think we can realize. You know, obviously, every season, I, you almost forget what what happened. You know, twelve months ago. But I mean, that's this is a massive. Yeah, this is going to go down in in football history. Like, it, there's so many different storylines in there. Uh, there's there's just so much to sort of put into one podcast. Um, the Kasper Schmeichel one I find fascinating. In fact, he's he's now the first, uh, well, him and his father are the first biological uh, father and sons to win the Premier League. And I just find the whole story about how... What about Gary and Phil Neville? They're brothers, though. I, I said father and son. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, Unless right. Phil's I, Gary's I dad Gary, is something I, I don't Gary know. Gary was Phil's dad. <laughs> yeah. No, that's my mistake. <laughs> but I think even that, you know, how he sort of... Uh, there was a really interesting uh, interview of him in The Guardian on the weekend about how, you know, living under his father's shadow used to be something that he sort of struggled to cope with at first people always sort of compared him to his father and he struggled to sort of make himself his own man he's always seen as someone's son and now for him this is the the start of him in his professional career at least not in his in his private life but to become his own man really and it's interesting as well that he's 29 the, the year he first wins his first Premier League title as was Peter Schmeichel <laughs> could he be another one next year eh? Um, who would have thought who would have Peter thought Peter Schmeichel's seaman would have won a league title before Liverpool um, yeah Incredible. Uh, is Eden Hazard back? That's they, they're talking about a previous goalkeeper's penis. Yes. <laughs> Just engage in this. Uh, you know, we, like yeah. to, we like to have very topics on the podcast, Lawrence. Yeah. Or, yeah, you yeah. Know, I the, mean, statistically, Dave, what were the chances? The stat doing the rounds for how Leicester had been relegated, promoted, and won the league before Arsenal won the title again, because uh, it's obviously been 12 years. Um, Matt Fotia said, is Eden Hazard back? And will he stay at Chelsea? And if not, where should he go? Not will, should. Hashtag I'm the hot. Very interesting performance in Eden Hazard last night. Brilliant when he came on in the second half, has to be said. Uh, I was told that he made 11% of his tackles, of his interceptions, in those 45 minutes uh, for the whole season. So he was definitely he was definitely up for it, old Eden Hazard. And it was a fantastic goal he scored to level it up. 
But a lot of Chelsea fans are saying, Where, where's, where's that been all season? You know, why now? Does he suddenly put? To be fair, he has been. He's been. I mean, he's been injured in inverted commas, hasn't he? It's funny that he comes back. Funny that he comes back at just the point where a transfer is yeah. possible, mm. and also yeah. obviously so Belgium sort of going to be looking at players. He's, you know, uh, if anyone's ever like, like, what I find ironic is right. Everyone's sort of going, oh yeah, don't worry about Eden, don't worry about Eden. You know, if Daniel Sturridge had acted that same way, I think people would be ripping him a new asshole. But again, I think there's like a low key racist side to the Premier League and this culture where people see a guy like that and they think, well, you know, he's a top class player. That guy, I know he's been injured this season, but his approach to football, as far as I've heard from people, has been appalling. Yeah. Like, I think one, one, of the big, one of the biggest things is that in the last two games, he's scored three goals. He's only scored three goals this season. Yes, but it's, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Put it this way: the, the last goal that he scored, the last goal that he scored, won a team the championship. He's just a bad guy, isn't he? Like he's obviously got it. When he came on, and do you know the moment when he scored that goal? I, like something flipped in my head. When do you know when he did that? He touched. He, I think he played like a two-yard pass, and then his movement off the ball was so good. He like checked, came back, received yeah. the ball again, and then he went. And from that moment, when he just got into this, I was like, listen probably going to go in here because he just looks like he fancies it but then where has the Eden question, Hazard he been was, he was motivated obviously for this game extreme motivated but there's always the question marks over his motivation he doesn't seem to have that desire to be uh, a world class player that's where well, Chelsea also, fans have I mean, criticised but Adam you, I mean you can also counter that and say Mourinho is a very destructive manager when he wants to be. Of course. And he has destroyed world-class players' uh, confidence along the way. And I do think there was a clash between Mourinho and Hazard at one point, And then Mourinho left the club. And so he's sort of a distant memory at that point. And people are like, well, he's gone now. Get over it. It'll be interesting it if he does stay under Conte, maybe how he performs under him. I mean, Dave, do you think he will think stay? And if not, where should he go? I think he should go. But yeah, no. he should go for his for himself. Okay, so where should he go? You know, the whole if you remember when he first came to the Premier League and he had the whole thing, oh, I'm going to announce on Twitter whether I'm going to go to Man United, Chelsea, Man City, or Chelsea. How oh, what are you doing? Who are you? Who do you think you are? And I think that's shown his, his arrogance about himself. You know, fair, fair enough, footballers have got to be arrogant, but they've got to be arrogant to the right level. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo is arrogant, but he's arrogant because he bags 30, 40 goals a season. Eden Hazard doesn't do that. He doesn't deserve to have that level of arrogance where. Literally, when he fancies it, he's going to perform the season. When for the rest of the season, he hasn't been bothered. I think it's a bad, it's a bad egg for a dressing room, in my opinion. You know, wherever Mourinho, whatever his clash with Mourinho have been in the past, and you know, wherever his confidence has dropped, it, it is still on him. All this is still on him. It's him. He's the one that's that's not performing. That's not really looking bothered in certain games. Not willing to do his running. You know, a big call for him to play centrally this season. Um, when he did play centrally, he just didn't look asked, and that's a big, big problem. You know. Why would you want to buy a player like this? You think about think about Barcelona, right? They've got too many big egos there already. Another ego like Hazard wouldn't be worth it. Real Madrid, again, they've got two left midfielders, in my opinion, that are better than him. Gareth Bale and Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, that's not my opinion. That's probably in the world. PSG, where's he going to fit in there? You've got Ibrahimovic is going out. Hazard could come in. But then when is he going to play again? You've got Angel Di Maria. You've got Lucas Mori. You've got Cavani. Their front three is already pretty much sorted. You know, he probably would get into that. But again, what's he doing? The only real... Maybe... Bayern Munich could be the only real place where he, he might fit. You know, the, he has kind of really balls this up. Trying to be clever in a way. Trying to be yeah. clever. Um, here's a good question from Tom Bolton. What three players combined would make Gary goals? Well, let Dave, oh, let Dave well, do this one. Now, right. can, can, I just, I, can I just... Can we, all nominate, can we all nominate one guy? Yeah. I, I think we should you each pick. Right, right. We've got the right foot, left foot. 
head. Let's pick them. That'll make the ultimate Gary Goals. I don't mind which one. I don't. I don't mind which one. I think the defining feature of Gary Goals though is he, he does all type of goals, as he says. I do all <laughs> types of, of goals. Gary uh, does free Gary kicks. Gary does all type of goals. He Gary, what are you kicks. doing? I'm Bicycle doing goals. <laughs> Harry Kane can score all types of goals. So my mm. suggestion is Harry Kane. He's he, he's got to be at one part of the Gary goals equation. Okay, so which which part is he going to be? Left foot, right foot, head. <sighs> right foot. Right foot. Okay. Lawrence. Right foot of Harry Kane. I have two nominees here. Okay. I, I'm going to go because I think he's beautiful. He's elegant to watch and powerful. Fernando Torres. <laughs> which, which foot though head or left foot because he has the greatest left foot is the only he issue there. he doesn't have the greatest left foot and that's why I'm saying I mean I've seen what I would say is I'd pick Torres I'd pick Torres's right foot over Harry Kane's right foot I mean if you look at some of the goals that Torres has scored in the Premier League you look at that little shuffle and shimmy that he's gotten back into his game alright take I Harry Kane's head then because he's got to be a part of the equation Right, I put, I put, okay then let's put the let's put Harry Kane's head but they're going to be like a combination of the all you know it's Torres's yeah. plus Kane's right foot, if you yeah. know what I mean. They, What's okay, the so let's go. What's the left, Dave? Tor- Dave? Dave? Oh, this, Dave. Is, this is simple, this, isn't it, really, lads? Come on. Lionel Messi's left foot. Simple. <laughs> yeah, but Dave is right No. But you've got to think about Gary Goals. It's all about oh. goals. Oh. Goals. Lads. Well, I suppose Dave's you could. I mean. You're throwing me off here. Yeah. No, no. Dave, Dave, you, know, I mean, you know what Dave's problem is? Dave is a United fan, so there's one guy that is on world class form right now that Dave cannot say. Tony Marshall came from. <laughs> okay, and I mean, that's one up. person <laughs> to give him the Listen, left foot I think Kane of Luis Suarez. Ooh. No, I can't have that, Lawrence. Base scores all types of goals, Dave. <laughs> he does. He does do good goals, to be fair to that. Does Luis Messi Suarez score better? all types of goals? Messi does score all types of goals, I think. Penos anymore. Um, Headers. Can you, can you imagine? Can you imagine a combination and how fucking ugly it would be of Torres, Harry Kane, and Luis Suarez? It would be um, Larry Larry Suarez. Answer me this: Who who was <laughs> the most Gales. recent? Who was the most Gales. recent out of Suarez and Messi to do a bicycle kick? Whoever did that is in. Oh, that's probably Suarez, then, isn't it? Really, yeah, Suarez yeah. is in. Boom. Yeah. Luis Suarez, Harry Kane, Fernando Torres. That is Gary Goals personified. With Wayne Rooney's heart. Antoine Griezmann, we missed out there. That would have been that would have been good with Kane, Suarez, Griezmann. That would have been a pretty really decent combo. Louis well. Morad said, "What's it, going on?" We completely missed Kan Ibrahimovic, but I don't think he yeah, he looks like no. a Gary Goals. He's no, he's just not a Gary, is he? He's not Gary. No, he's his Latin. Louis Morad, thank you for your question. Louis Morad, I should say. What's going on with Sturridge and Klopp? Seems like a strange situation. I feel like people are making a bit of a, uh, a meal of it because... I missed this one, Lawrence, so can you explain this to me? In... Uh, obviously, he was benched for the uh, Villarreal game, didn't come on, mm-hmm. and then played on the weekend uh, where Liverpool played very poorly. Um, you know, in, in the past, I think I don't think Klopp's been critical. I think he's been very publicly open about the way that he wants uh, someone like Daniel Sturridge to um, uh, develop. But I think then Sturridge has sort of played a bit of a weird card or been asked a question in an interview where they sort of said, basically said to him, are you going to be here uh, for the, re- you know, are you a one club man? And he sort of said, no, I could never say I'm a one club man. I think that's fair enough. But people have been asking questions to get quotes, which then fit their story. Um, do, do I think he still wants to be, is he, is he really happy under Klopp? Probably not. But has he played well under Klopp? Yes. Um, uh, 
I, I, you know, I also think it's partly down to the fact that people are looking for the wheels to fall off what's going on with Liverpool at the moment because, you know, they don't particularly like the Sacco story which is going on. Um, you know, uh, you know uh, as do I. I think it's awkward. I think it's a really difficult situation. Uh, I think it's a difficult situation for the club because, and I think the irony is uh, that the club it happened against who had one of the biggest doping defenders of all time. Um and, you know, um, just remind you of that, Dave, get back in your box. Um, real, real. <laughs> and, you know, those people still remain uh, heroes because, you know, essentially, apparently Rio Ferdinand was a great philanthropist off the pitch, as is, that's the reason Sacco is so well-liked sort of off the pitch in Liverpool is because he, he puts his name to things and gets people in the paper. If, you know, someone's building a house or someone's doing something for the homeless kids in Liverpool, Sacco is one of the first people there, apparently. Um so, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's difficult in that sense because uh, I, I think and I think Liverpool themselves are almost buying into the idea that do they really deserve this now that someone within the side has been found to be uh, doping and therefore mm. cheating. I did see suggestions they should be kicked out of the entire competition. I'm, I mean, to be honest, I, I wouldn't be against that because, mm. I mean, it would take, you know, if they were to go on to the final, which looks, you know, 50, 50 or 60, 40, I would actually say... You know, uh, you know who who gets the buy at that point? Is it uh, Dortmund? Is it United? Yes, yeah. it's too late now. Who goes through? Um, yeah, Lue yeah, said as well, Dave. Which would annoy you more: Man City winning Ooh. the Champions League or Liverpool Ooh. winning the Europa League? And if both happen, will your head explode? Yes, I think it would explode if both happened. Um, what would annoy me more? I don't know. That's pretty. Both of them are pretty annoying to be Surely honest. City winning the Champions League. <sighs> No, yeah. um, I'm going to go yeah. Liverpool. Oh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, City don't mean anything today. No, uh, you know, I've got, I've got a few pals from Manchester, the City fans, and they'd be happy. Mm. Yeah, um, they've got, got, they've enjoyed got no friends Liverpool fans. No fans that support them. <laughs> Apart from obviously Oscar, because no he's a good guy. Just acquaintances. We met. Just acquaintances. <laughs> uh, Victor <laughs> Munoz. I get put into his acquaintances. <laughs> Victor Munoz says, who would you rather have for the next 10 years? Kane Alley or Dybala Pogba. Oh, now, obviously, I'm massively biased. I am biased. So, yeah. I would say Kane Alley. Can I go Adam Alley? Um, I don't think you can do that. He's sort of saying, they come as a pair, mate. It takes two to tango. Okay. Well, not really. Uh, I'll, I'll take Dybala Alley, and then Dave will go Dybala and Pogba. Yeah, got to go to Bala Pogba. Pogba this season, you know, best season going forward. 12 assists in the league, 8 goals. Been directly involved in 20 out of Juventus' 69 goals in Syria. And then you've got the main man, Paolo Dybala. Nailed it that Paolo. time. Yeah, Pablo. Who is Asia. also a legend of the Argentinian life. 16 goals in the league. And, of course, registering a cheeky 8 assists. Which Wait, is more than Harry Kane... <laughs> And Deli Ali, I don't actually know if it is actually. Should we do some maths quickly? 16 plus 8, 24. Yeah. No, 44. That's probably less. That is less than Kane and Alice. No, you're right, Dave. <gasps> that is less. Those numbers are less. But Dave, what you, you've just what been you proved said wrong was... by your own stats. <laughs> I just least... done myself, Adam. <laughs> At least Dave checked himself. What Dave also did. Slip and then he wrecked which... himself as well. I know, but that's the problem is that he, he did also slip in there that um, he's a legend of Argentinian life. <laughs> that's a pretty big, uh, a big club. You know, uh, Kane and Ali can't really life. claim themselves to be legends of Argentinian yeah, yeah. life, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Ali is a legend of English life. He will be after this summer. So will Kane as well. Whoa, not, about, no, not after that punching instant, you know. Bully. England fans yeah. will love that. At the Euros, big bully, isn't he? Um, here's a good question from Nico. Talking about England, why does Wayne Rooney have to be in the England squad? Um, 
I assume mainly because he's the, the captain, uh, one of the most experienced players in the squad, if not one of the, the most informed players in the team. Uh, would you agree with that, Lawrence? Inform? He's not informed, is what uh, I'm saying. He's not. Uh, he's the opposite of informed, but he's got a certain... Uh, he carries a certain weight, I'd say. Uh, not literally. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in terms of his experience and in terms of the, the captaincy, I think he has to be in the squad. I think it'd be very interesting to see if he does indeed start. You'd assume Roy Hodgson would start him in most games. For me, still slightly tainted as part of, of the transitional guy between the golden generation and yes. this generation. Yes. And, um, you know, he, he looked... I, went, I saw him live the other day at Old Trafford, um, which has got other funny stories. Um, but... You know, he, he controlled elements in the field now. I was very impressed with Wayne Rooney. Go and see more in-depth analysis on Dave's channel. Uh, Dave mm. Talks, where he talks about Rooney and his midfield role. Um, it, it's interesting because I think people are making the point, if he does continue within this role, <laughs> he, he would ironically be played ahead of people like uh, the, the, your favourite guy from Spurs, Adam, and maybe a couple of other guys who, who would be uh, positioning themselves there as well. So... It's sort of tricky because I'd much rather see Ali in the side than Rooney, but, you know, who's going to be your England captain then? Gary Cahill? Mm, Joe Hart? Give me the fucking ball! Where's the fucking ball? Bill Jones. Where's the fucking ball? Uh, Adam says, uh, Adam, our Scottish friend. Is this you? Uh, No, uh, the Scottish Adam, the the Scottish one. Uh, Will Rafa Benitez leave Newcastle even if we stay up, he says. No, I think he'll stick around if they stay up. Yeah, my prediction's coming true, by the way. Do you know I said Newcastle were going to do it? Um, yeah, don't want, don't want to get ahead of myself. Not not to blow you, you know, not to blow that up. Oh, God. Have a game in hand, champion. Yeah. So if they do win that game in hand, I do believe Big Sam will do. They'll yeah. be one point ahead if, of mate. the Newcastle lads. Yeah. yeah, but there's still a couple if. more games after that, there, Dave. So there is when, two more games though, for both yeah. of the sides. Exactly. <laughs> that is football. That's football. Yeah, that's six, that's six um, points there, Dave. Six bloody points. <laughs> What do you guys make of the reports of Sanchez Flores losing his job, says Harry Carter? I think it's unfair. Mm, yes. Did we, did we discuss this last week, did we not, though? Yeah. About how, yeah, yeah. you know, if there is a, a certain other job on offer, that um, it, it almost might make sense for both the club and for Flores, despite his achievements, um, for, them, for them to move on to something maybe more long term. But we shall see, we shall see. Adam, um, am, I, am I right that uh, Pochettino has verbally signed a contract according to certain papers? Uh, yes, I was under the Is impression. there such thing as a verbal signing of a contract? <laughs> Will you sign that? Just, yeah, I'll sign that. Yeah. All right, he's he put the pen in his mouth. Um, yeah, he put the pen in his It hasn't been confirmed yet, am I right in saying that? There, there's been no, no, no confirmation. Actual... Right, okay. I think... Um, yeah, I think it's very good news if it is confirmed, but of course I'm not going to get my hopes up until uh, it goes beyond the verbal stage to the actual, you know, get a pen and, and put it on paper. It, well, um, I mean, that, that, that's the physical stage. Physical is, it, stage. Uh, is it a bit of a problem, Adam, that it would also then spark rumours that Spurs are only making him sign a contract because they believe that if another club was to take him, they'd want some, uh, want some remediation? Um, maybe, but he's sort of come out and said... He's come out and talked about it, you know. He sort of said, you know, it's important that I committed my future to the club because yeah. it brings that stability to attract new players, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. it is weird, as you say. <laughs> it's just, yes, there are a couple of players. Verbal. There are a couple of players who were talking and saying, um, you know, ooh, 
I'd love to play under Pochettino. I can't remember who it is. There's a French. There's a guy in the French league at yeah, the moment. I can see why you would. Very Samuel Umtiti. Um, it would be Umtiti, actually, Dave. Yes, correct. Uh, the name escaped me. The probably. controversially named hashtag Free Sacco on Twitter. D Shanahan nine thirty said thoughts <laughs> on the latest episode of Game of Thrones. No, to- lads, I've not seen it. Are you up to date? You're not up to date, Dave. No, I'm um, up to date, lads. lads Lawrence, no, you up to date at all or anywhere near up to date? Don't watch Game of Thrones. Um, it was very interesting. Is all I'll say. Adam, um, Adam, this is bad. It's this interesting, is evil. I said. Well, you have to turn you down, mate. It's yeah. very interesting. Go Final for it. I'll give, you, I'll give you. You can have 30 seconds if you want, and I'll just turn myself down. No, because I don't want to spoil it for Lawrence in case he one day watches Game of Thrones. I'll be bothered. Just explain it to me now, Dave. Off you go. You put it on mute, Dave. Hold on. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not actually. No, interested. because I don't want to talk. I don't actually want to talk about it because Dave. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone else because there yes. might be there might be people who haven't watched it. So you know, let's not talk about it. Great show though. Very interesting. Um, final question comes from Michael Filetti, and bringing it back to Leicester, he says, "Do you think anything like this can happen in Spain, Italy, or Germany in the next few years?" It kind of did happen. Um, I mean, it, not in the next few years. Uh, but obviously it happened with Dortmund, was a similar story of sorts. Mm. Um, Wolfsburg. Um, Wolfsburg, obviously. Wolfsburg is obviously nah, a great No, nah, that's not a bit of cash behind that one, I think. Yeah, but, yeah, but not, still... In terms of... It, it's not similar. Yeah, it's not the same. I, I, think, as, I think this is never going to happen again, I don't think. It's not going to happen in the next 50 years. I think it's only happened once in Europe that's been a proper like that, and that when was um, Verona. Verona oh, yeah. won Serie A in the right. 80s, and that was, that was yeah. pretty much a similar story to what happened to Leicester City. Yeah. I think that's the problem, you know, getting promoted or fighting relegation and then winning the league is ridiculous. And there was one in the Premier League, actually, in 1927. Um, I can't remember which great side year. it was, but great year. again, they had 14 games left. Um, they bottomed the league and they picked up enough points and then they won the league next season. Dave, my final question sure, to you before surely we Surely like Bilbao or things like that. Oh, Bilbao. Dave, my final question to you before we wrap up the podcast is, is this yes. the best Premier League season ever? Absolutely not. What? Oh. What? Absolutely Why not? not? Was it 99, Dave? Don't no, I just think that it was it really lacked quality. A lot of the top, well, the top sides really massively underperformed for for what they did, and that that's the problem. Um, it's kind of shown with the two teams that are pushing for it are unfavoured teams, and a team that was fighting relegation to go and win the league. That's a massive turn, but it's a good turn. It's a great turn, obviously. Bloody it's a brilliant story, um, and it's a fight against the, the capitalists in China. Isn't that right, Lawrence? Yeah, yeah, it's in a way, yeah. Guys. Although the, the, the King Power are obviously owned by a massive company themselves. I was sitting opposite the stadium yesterday in the Holiday Inn, just opposite the stadium, and uh, a kid, a little kid on holiday, just looked at the stadium and went, why have they got King or Power on the stadium? They're not kings and they don't have any power. And I was no. like, they are kings now, summarization mate. of they modern capitalism. They are kings now. Guys, that brings an end to this special little Q&A podcast. Leicester City are champions, as you said. Deserved champions, I think we can all agree. So congratulations to them. And, uh, and of course, Claudio Ranieri. <laughs> um, comment of the week well, this week City. goes to Dog Guy Manbro on iTunes, who said, Rafa would be proud. Five stars. These guys talk about the facts. Top quality pod. Thank you very much for your <laughs> review. If you want to be comment of the week, get on iTunes, <laughs> review the pod and rate it. Preferably five stars. And you could be mentioned on the podcast. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Until tomorrow night, though, we'll see you next time.